Namaskar. Hello and welcome to P Guru's channel. I'm your host Sri Ayer. Today I have with me Major Madan Kumar, and this is think of it as a continuation of our talk about what is happening in Balochistan. Many of you may have seen my hangout on the agreement that a Canadian gold company has uh, barracks. It's called has signed with the government of Pakistan, and a lot of tremors and rumbles going on. And it is very, very. It's going to be a very interesting conversation. Do help me, and uh, uh, you know, by by liking this uh, video right away because there is a lot of exclusive content that's coming your way. Major Madan Kumar, Namaskar, and welcome to P Guru's channel. Namaskar, sir. Jai Hind. And a Jai Hind to you too. Uh, recently, I became an overseas citizen of India, so I can say with all pride, Jai Hind. because it was i was holding back because i wanted to do it the right way it had to mean something and now i am a proud oci overseas citizen of india i can come to india i can stay as long as i want i can go on let's talk about you and what you see in balochistan yes sir so we uh, had covered it about the attack on uh, noshki and panjgur a very uh, typical uh, classic military operation a commando style operation which lasted for 3 days starting from february 3rd to almost february 6 72 hours uh, two of the main uh, pakistani uh, military headquarters the fc's military headquarters was under siege by 15 of this uh, majid brigade fidaeens of uh, the baluch revolution army the as, as usual the cat, uh, casualties were downplayed uh, pakistan said it is just four Uh, BLA said it's closed down to 195, so we can hit somewhere in median because it's definitely not four, because they were using uh, drones, they were using uh, helicopter gunships, and if it is just to about uh, killing four of this uh, BLA people, the operation would have ended in, say, for example, six to eight hours. It doesn't have to go on for 72 hours. So that's uh, background. Now, as we discussed last time, we said like this attack is like coming after so many years. Uh, BLA has uh, really stood up, and uh, on a military perspective, we should really uh, uh, salute their uh, grit and determination. It's not a joke. I've, uh, off late, I've never seen such a military action uh, even done by a professional army. So they've done that. Uh, but the question was sustainability. How long they can sustain this movement? Because Baluchi's population is less than five percent of Pakistan, but their land mass is more than forty percent of Pakistan. So they don't have the critical mass actually to break it, and then to make it a movement like uh, Mukti Bagni or uh, even LDD. They don't have that uh, mass to it. A lot of Baluchis have moved out of uh, Balochistan because of uh, mass killings, uh, missing people. So a lot of people have gone on exile in UK to a lot of other places. The middle class Baluchis. so but now it seems after a month we we can say like we spoke about this i think last month precisely after a month uh, good amount of information which is coming up from there uh, seems that the movement is able to sustain and uh, they are able to continuously they are able to keep up the pressure on uh, the pakistan army and even the frontier corps the fc and as usual uh, the, the internet has been cut off the free media is not uh, working there The, the only official uh, news about Balochistan comes through ISPR uh, and every other newspaper, even the reputed ones like Dawn, actually mirror and echo the words of ISPR. But with our sources, when we look at uh, what is happening there, uh, all of what I am saying here has got a uh, evidence. Uh, it's few of them are there on Twitter, and few of all of almost all of them have a solid uh, video information. So the program. Like we can just share the videos later, but yes. uh, we'll do a sample at the end of the thing. So to start with, because the data is long, I've noted it down. Uh, yeah. February six to nine, we saw the massive attack on uh, a special operation on Nashki and Panjgur, where around they claimed around one ninety five Pakistani personals uh, killed. Pakistan now has officially accepted that one of their major has been uh, killed in that operation. Now coming to uh, February ninth. So there were three pronged attack on uh, Zamarun, Sibi, and March. All these three locations are in uh, Balochistan. So Zamarun, it was a sniper attack by a Baluchi uh, soldier, and they have uh, taken on the Pakistani army. Uh, in Sibi, which is one of the hard zone uh, of uh, Baluch, 
in sibi they blow up a railway line uh, which connects uh, pakistan with uh, baluchistan sibi and in uh, match it's a frontier core post they have shelled it's a, it's, it's in the it's a tier 2 city in uh, baluch out there they have uh, pounded them with 82 mm rockets it's a mortar uh, attack so they, it's it's like uh, given a kind of a shiver on them so they haven't disclosed the casualties but definitely there are few casualties and fatal and non fatal ones battle casualties uh, for sure from the pakistani side now on february 11th uh, there is a pakistani post in shagra sharag sharag was targeted here out they fired uh, rpgs the rocket propelled uh, rocket propelled grenades now why am i major madan just just one second while you bring up that uh, slide can you put up that slide please there you go uh, this is the major yeah. of february 11 yeah go ahead yeah february 11 uh, we can see the communication from uh, jian baluch uh, who is the official spokesperson of the bla so they have claimed that they have, the beauty of this is uh, it's not propagation it's not a propaganda war they're trying to show something which they have not done they are uh, it's like a clear uh, you know a military spokesperson giving an update they are given the place they are given the time uh, they are given a precise location they have said what post has been attacked what type of attack is it a sniping or is it an ied or it's an raid on them or it's a, a area weapon use like uh, rocket propelled uh, grenades or mortar attack or whatsoever it is so they have been precise on what military action they have taken and they have it's coming up regularly and uh, there is no counter from pakistani army as such so they are not saying no to it and they are, they are they don't want to really give the screen time uh, to the pakistani uh, population they can see this video uh, they can debate but the fact is this is all are happening the scale may vary from you know 5 to 10 but it is definitely happening now uh, february 14 uh, uh, yeah february 14 uh, yeah so we can see this i'll just tell you what it is what we see right now is a pakistani military outpost uh, it was a valentines day gift by uh, pakistani army you can see a pakistani uh, now uh, i'll just narrate this entire video well, you know what is happening what you see out there this post is a pakistani post uh, there is a soldier uh, who is out of the post was taken down first and now if you look at the shooting which is where the bullet hit it's actually they are trying to hit precisely yeah this is the place where they are trying to hit they are not wasting their ammunition this is the beauty of a soldier a soldier should never waste his ammunition so they are precise on the target this is a 10 minute video for the sake of time i have edited it uh, now you see now they have softened the targets there is no return fire from there now they are blasting the thing so people are uh, either injured or they are either taking the shelter of the stones the this is typically called a sangar so they are blowing up that uh, place now you know if you rewind and see it's been precise it's been dot it requires certain amount of training professionalism and uh, you know uh, thing to actually do such a kind of an attack yeah here we see the first one how a soldier goes down now as you uh, look at this video they are taking a pot shot on the soldiers who are visible who are out without a cover so they have been taken off then they have been targeting precise target shooting so you can see the tracer what you saw it's uh, you know you cannot actually say tracer bullet what they used is a tracer round so the tracer round precisely tells uh, the, the soldiers who are doing this where to attack where their uh, bullets are hitting so they fired a tracer round they are targeting uh, the post you can see a solar panel out there there is no electricity so they all uh, you know bank on the solar panels for their electricity needs now the bunker has been uh, broken it's not a bunker it's a post it's a sangat so the post has been uh, taken off now by then so there are two options the soldier whoever is there could run away uh, downhill which anyway they have covered already in this operation i cannot see uh, show you the entire video in the interest of time so once this bunker has been blasted now uh, they are closing in this is a lengthy video they are closing in they close in and they announce them to put their weapons and they are not doing it so the sniper takes one more shot and all the 10 pakistani soldiers are getting killed and they took the complete uh, control of the post and they also take the ammunition you know so yeah this is how this is where it is now you can see the bla closing in on the same post which they attacked now you can see a you know a heavy gun inside 
now you can see the pakistani soldier uh, towards the left side of the screen yeah atiyar what it means is to put down his weapon so now he is a pakistani soldier he is not listening they have closed in now it's a close quarter battle now they have taken one more shot as he has refused to do that they have taken one more shot and uh, finally it's called a mopping up this uh, soldiers they go in uh, just to ensure nobody is alive and to you know avoid any uh, sort of uh, counter attack they lob a few grenades inside the thing and then they come completely uh, you know do do the operation that's how the operation comes to an end and they pick up all the weapons and ammunitions now why have i shown this video rather is to understand this is not a just a scoot and scoot group one guy carrying a rifle and then he throws a grenade and then he runs away and he himself he is also been called a terrorist they are becoming professional this is a classical example of uh, how to do a operation in a place like uh, baluch we do have similar terrains in uh, kashmir so this is uh, a well trained military operation it's not you can call them terrorists you can call them rebels whatever it is depending on the way you see it but they have been trained well they are very very professional so in this uh, particular operation in tagran uh, they have killed 10 pakistani soldiers again there is no rebuttal from pakistani side pakistan tend to agree for two casualties fatal now february 14th uh, one more uh, place uh, near uh, nadi bank there they lobbed a grenade now this is a different operation you lob a grenade you run you don't stay there you don't launch an operation you build up go for an offensive and then nari gaj there is a pakistani patrol which was uh, coming in they did a scoot and scoot attack they ambushed them uh, they fired at them they destroyed the vehicle they took the ammunition and then they ran away now if you see all this there is a rpg attack they are able to use mortars effectively they are able to raid a fc post the raid was so superb you can see all the 10 people who went in they came alive so there's not even a single uh, injury to them now you are seeing them the scoop and scoop attack hit and run you know they they are completely doing all sort of operations uh, in a you know military textbook now on february 16th uh, there's a place called bolan and there's a place called uh, tarbat in tarbat uh, a pakistani army two pakistani army persons got killed that that was basically by a sniper action and in bolan they did a classical ambush now ambush again requires lot of training uh, you know the, the, the terrorists in the northeast Uh, they were uh, they had a special expertise in uh, ambushing the indian army so we did suffer a lot of casualties similarly they are uh, using every possible thing it's not at the standard template they are they are like fidaeins they go blow them themselves up and then you know uh, damage a military post it doesn't work that way they have been able to precisely use a very specific military operation for a very specific cost now all this uh, nine operations which we saw is is it's a spectrum of operation starting from a lone wolf attack going all the way to uh, you know full fledged uh, military attack on this thing now we will see uh, a counter action on a pakistani death squad leader pakistan employs uh, death squad so death squad basically are like uh, thugs and criminals or uh, they are terrorists ex terrorists who are hired for a specific purpose to kill a specific individual or a person so what you whom you see in the screen uh, his name is abib shah Habib Shah was a ex Baluchi so he defected from BLA then ISA picked him up made him a death squad commander so he had killed couple of civilians and he had killed couple of youngsters who were propagating them who were in the schools so BLA wanted to take a revenge now see this this is again a very different one what all we saw is were all in the hill terrain you know in hindi they got a padi ilaka right the padi area so we have solved those kind of operations now this one is classic in a in the city he was picked up he was identified he was with his bodyguards now this vehicle you see is is what uh, he was been using uh, in a place called uh, shakir hotel he was having his dinner and he was coming out they pinpoint they took him off and they killed him the bodyguards ran away they got injured precisely this guy got killed now this is to send a message that yes you are employing a death squad which is not a conventional one which is not a, any professional army does you employ uh, you know thugs and goons and then you pay them and then to you know to take care of your soft targets unarmed men unarmed children unarmed uh, students so they are sending a message that we know who's your death squad is now this shows two things one is 
their intelligence capability. Second is they're able to take their target in the city. Now, this is not a joke. It requires a lot of planning. It requires a lot of uh, professionalism to you know execute this. So they're able to neutralize the death squad of Pakistan. The, whom, the guy whom they shot is uh, one of uh, uh, you know senior most leader who was actually killing Baluchis. Now, uh, on uh, February 17th, again in Panjur, two Pakistanis were killed and eight were injured. And this was again an attack on their patrols. So this should have been an ambush. They have encircled. They are making sure that the enemy doesn't have the reach to, uh, you know, go and target uh, the people. Now, they have clearly said, now this is what is called uh, a professional thing. Any uh, defense spokesperson or a PRO would post something like this. So they have well-educated people. They have, uh, you know, they have good communicators, effective communicators. In just a slide, they're able to tell whom they killed and what they did, what why they did it and where they did it and how many they killed. Now, this is not even done by Taliban's. This is not even done by Al-Qaeda or any of the so-called terrorist groups we had. None of them were these professionals. Uh, BLA is slowly and slowly organizing and becoming a guerrilla group uh, or maybe in future because they don't have the critical mass to become a full-fledged army. They would uh, continue to do be a guerrilla force but very, very professional with minimum casualties on their side. Uh, they are very, very conscious about the ammunition they use, the amount of ammunition they use. They don't randomly shoot people. So they've been taking on targets ranging from railway lines to mobile towers to uh, the death squad leaders and as good as a Pakistani uh, uh, post, forward post, which you saw in the video. Now, in March 21st, just a couple of days before, so there is a place called uh, Padmaran in Kalat. So that's a place of, uh, it's a gold mine. It's like literally a gold mine. It has got a lot of fluorides and a lot of marbles. So this Pakistani businessmen, they come, they mine it, they uh, took, take the marble out of it. And then they go back to their mainland and they sell it. So these people have been uh, cautioning them. So this is a caution which they did. What they did, they didn't kill the people. They didn't kill the civilians. They haven't killed the contractors or the workers who are working there. They have destroyed their site. They have destroyed their vehicles. And they destroyed a cellular tower to make them uh, this thing. And they put a warning that if you continue to exploit this mineral resources which belongs to us, then possibly you will also face the same action which any other, uh, you know, Pakistani regular force has been facing. So they have been very, very cautious uh, not to become a civilian killer, which they did in 2016, 2015 and 2016. They were into similar severe criticism because of the civilians killing. Now they have been very, very calculative. They have been very pointed in telling them not to mine their uh, marbles and then you take, take them off. It's basically to cut that uh, access of uh, doing business or any kind of mining activities. Now, as we speak today, just 30 minutes before we came in, uh, again in Sibi, it's again a hotbed in a place called Sangao. Two Pakistani persons have been killed while they were on patrolling. Now, they are able to take them head on. They are telling them, you are not safe. What happens when you repeatedly attack a military patrol is that the soldiers who are going on patrol will be under tremendous combat, combat fatigue. When it's combat fighting, you have to be alert all the time. You, you, you know, you have to be uh, having a load, carry a loaded weapon, ready to fire anytime. Now, this is okay for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 2 hours of patrolling, 3 hours of patrolling. But typically in a long-range patrolling, even a soldier faces a lot of fatigue. And this place is quite arid, it's quite hot. It's not a very easy place to maneuver. So, they have been able to keep the enemy under constant pressure that you will be attacked while patrolling. Your logistics can be attacked. Your post also can be attacked. Now, post definitely they have the comfort of securing it. They can put uh, better uh, weapons to secure it. They can put a night vision device and a surveillance device to secure it. But what will you do on patrolling? Now, if a soldier has a feel that as I go on patrol, I'll be attacked. Now, this is okay for uh, a two days of combat, three days of combat. But if a soldier generally gets posted for two years, but two years, if you are undergoing this, this much amount of stress, it's going to take them a hell lot of combat fatigue. And that's going to cause them a lot of more lives. So they've been able to do that. As uh, Mr. Ayer said, uh, Barrick Gold Corporation, uh, Toronto-based uh, company, 
they have signed a deal with uh, pakistan of about uh, you know starting their gold mines and extracting gold from balochistan now what you see on the screen is a clear worded statement or a warning issued by the bla uh, to the gold mining company they say that we want go uh, barrick gold to stay away from uh, rakodik or will go to any extent to defend baloch motherland and its resources uh they clearly say ignoring the historic historical facts and ground realities this two nation theory they are just not okay with two nation theory what happened with india and pakistan in fact we have agreed and we have kind of have had that acceptance in the two nation theory now they are very very clear we are a different nation our history is different our traditions are different we are not part of pakistan what you are doing actually is coming inside unauthorizedly and you are trying to extract our gold and mineral resources which we will not uh, accept it and in the end they say if you attempt to do this we will take on your workers you can vehicles assets and every possible thing so the same warning has been given to the china as well now we'll have to see uh, if mr trudeau would send their uh, army to fight against the bla but they are very very clear in protecting their resources they are very very clear in protecting their uh, the natural assets the same thing is happening in gavadar one of the very important fishing port of pakistan so chinese uh, contractors and chinese fishermen they do lot of uh, illegal activities they suck up their marine wealth and they have been fighting up there as well so uh, in the last one month why we went into such detail is we firstly we need to see the nature of operation they are just not a hit and run kind of uh, guys they have been very uh, particular in what choosing the kind of military operation to go on their opponents pakistan doesn't seem to have an answer for it third they are very very careful in terms of their public relations what they communicate the communication comes from a single source and they have been very very specific in telling the world what it is now pakistan has kind of blacked it out that's why we had to we have to put everything out even the pakistani citizens need to know what is happening there and they have been sending clear warnings against the death squad which pakistan has been successfully employing not only in balochistan even in khyber pakhtunkhwa they all these places they have the death squad they go and kill people it's a missing report nobody is accounted and uh, the, the army takes a back seat you can't blame the army you can't blame the pakistani forces paramilitary and it's done by hitman so now they are able to take the hitman uh, as well uh, precisely with the precise intelligence where he has gone He's gone for his uh, dinner. He comes out of hotel, and then he's been finished. Now this makes Bale uh, moving into the next level. Pakistan can just uh, sit and uh, relax. They have to speak to them. Uh, there had to be a you know talking process. If they try to oversmart them, overpower them, what they did couple of years before. If they try to bomb them, bomb their own citizens, and uh, be rest assured that this is going to be the Mukti Bagni two for Pakistan. and pakistan will eventually split rather i would say balochistan will form as a new nation thank you very much for that uh, you know concise concise summary of what's happening in the last 6 to 8 weeks major madan uh, barracks gold see i i i sometimes when this big corporations make announcements like this i am curious major madan the timing of this it came just at the point where bajwa needed to assert himself in a way saying that to his own group because there was this danger that lieutenant colonel hamid and nadim anjum were fighting for the next uh, you know chief of uh, armed services post and this guy also wants one more term one more extension and and so i think it seemed very carefully timed sometimes you know you can make a press release it doesn't really make much i think they may have released that 11 billion to get the monkey off their back because it was embarrassing to see a flight completely loaded in kuala lumpur of people returning back to pakistan and then somebody saying get off the flight we are taking over the plane <laughs> so you your thoughts on see a lot of gen- generals are now retiring in canada and in the united states so i don't know if this is a slate of hand your thoughts definitely sir it seems more like a lip job so they have said something and in fact when i was speaking to a couple of i can't take names when i speak to a couple of these people they said that uh, they've been told the barracks uh, agreement with pakistan has been told to their people that uh, you know we are going to mint lot of gold 
and then we are going to become richer and then they have this uh, you know saudi dreams that we are going to be like saudi and uh, so on so that we are going to mint lot of gold and we are going to sell it and pakistan will become rich and all these things have been happening the fact is that uh, it's just it's just a signature now there is no security for pakistani personals there is no security for pakistani army there is no security for the death squad even now who on earth will go and work if a canadian uh, businessman like you know the tycoons like barrick they want to come and work uh, they would speak about uh, the four pillars you know uh, they have something called a sedex audit so where they think about uh, sustainability and then people welfare uh, blah 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 you know, now this is not going to work now these people have been shown have been given a illusion what the pakistani military is trying to tell their people is yes we are secured baluch we are going to uh, the, the you know the political leader who is imran uh, mr imran khan has ruined the country uh, he has got the country into debts and we have no local standing in the world now we are coming for the rescue we are secured baluch we have got this company in now they will mine gold and make pakistan richer the the beauty is even their educated lord buys this uh, logic they are clinging on to hope major anything is better than nothing i think that you know it's it's like running on fumes <laughs> now um major madan there is there are three ways to get the gold out assume that they have managed to put a massive security cordon and they have gotten it my feel feeling is that they will not purify the gold there they'll just take the thing oxide take it somewhere else like china and purify it there so there are three options for them one is go east and then south to gwadar and take it by ocean or go east to quetta and then go up by sepak into china third one is to go west and get into iran and go down to chabahar do you think any of these things are realistic for china because i think china is a consumer assuming all this happens uh sir actually if you see uh, even from india where uh, they take the ore they mine it they mint the gold uh, and then they throw off the you know the ore the residual yeah. uh, soil now china picks it up from india a lot of merchants who are known to me or close friends who are known to me they send this to china they still able to extract some more gold from it so we don't mm-hmm. have the technology so china would have its keen eye uh, in partnering this but if a canadian company does it then it it's also part of uh, the us alliance a lot of geopolitics thing comes into play where uh, they would not the us would not like want to want canada to do this and uh, to take it there but the road is not going to be secure they may find it gavadar is a very remote possibility uh, because of the logistics cost uh, which is involved maybe they would uh, try to use uh, cpec with the the cpec roads which are already built they are they are well built and they have been uh, they'll be able to carry forward this iran for sure is not an option because uh, westward access towards iran this uh, truckers and this uh, movement uh, will face a very very severe backlash from uh, bla a lot of stuff there i mean uh, it it's <laughs> any way any which way you look at it They, this is all in a hilly uh, place you can't just say that i'm going to drive a ri- road straight up and join into china or anything like that it's not possible so i wonder if they see cost of extraction transportation should still justify the final product that they should have margins i don't know the uh, you know uh, viability of this particular uh, endeavor and uh, if you say that uh, china can extract even from the extracted sand something more clearly there is an industry there that is wanting this stuff so that that would be the impetus they will try to do something however your thoughts on what is happening somewhere else i think we will come back to this viewers the next time major has some data and we will come back to this we wanted to kind of give you what is happening in baloch area we want we stand with see all these are us okay we were all the same Yeah. It, it is just a mess that has been created in the 70 plus years right so it's important for us to help them at least emotionally tell them look we hear you we are telling your story this is your statement we are just putting it to the world 
whoever watches it, they can get the information from that. Now, uh, Major Madan, uh, can we stop this one and move to Sri Lanka, sir? We are about 29 minutes into our talk. Sure, sure, sir. Sure, sir. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, the, yesterday, interestingly, my favorite uh, TV channel, NDTV, was showing some interviews of of people being uh, uh, you know brought in. They actually got their own boats and they navigated their way to some island outside of Rameshwaram from where the Indian army picked them up. They are housed in a camp. These may be the very first visitors or refugees back. And they were just saying that there is absolutely no money. There is no food. And, and it, things are looking really bad in Sri Lanka. This is from Yarparnam area that they came. Major, you probably have more information from uh, this. I, we, we've talked about Sri Lanka also in the past. So can you update us as to what you see happening? And surely India is going to put a stop to this because this is not a thing where somebody is being killed or anything like that. It is just the sheer poverty that is driving them. Absolutely. Like uh, what is happening, uh, you know, Sri Lanka, as uh, this uh, downfall of their economy started uh, way back in 2019, even before the COVID started. So their forex was uh, going down and uh, it's because of the Easter church blast. The tourism went down from 2018 to 19, if you see the data. So that's where the downfall started. They, uh, this uh, small nation gets a lot of forex, uh, the dollars inside uh, through tourism. And the primary tourist uh, uh, you know, population, basically they all come from uh, Europe, Russia and all these places they find that place to be attractive. So after the Easter bomb blast, a lot of countries issued travel advisory to them. So the tourism business took, took a hit. Then came the second major blow, which is uh, COVID first wave, the uh, coronavirus. Uh, they went into lockdowns and then uh, the second wave came in. They were just not able to manage. They went into severe lockdowns and uh, their, their public health system literally collapsed. Then they deployed army to manage this. Uh, in fact, the entire vaccination and stuff and stuff was actually managed by the army, the Sri Lankan army. And then when uh, India went and gave uh, Covishield, so these guys decided to go, especially Mr. Rajapaksa and his family, they decided to go with uh, Sinopharm vaccine, the Chinese vaccine. And then their vaccination program also failed. In the middle, somewhere in 2021 start, uh, Mr. Rajapaksa gave a very... Uh, interesting and a very bold speech in UN. He said Sri Lanka is going to be the first country which is going to go 100% organic. Whatever we produce will be organic. Uh, let it be the tea, which is a very, very important export. Uh, spices, teas and tea and spices. He said we are going to make everything the world should learn from us. Move away from fertilizers, move away from, uh, you know, uh, like a traditional uh, pesticides and so. Now, this was absolutely foolish. And there was nobody else in Sri Lanka to go and tell him this is not going to happen. This happened when the farmers, Sri Lankan farmers are actually going for a reap. Absolute 100% ban on import of chemical fertilizers. 100% ban on import of pesticides. Now, this transition of organic to non-organic into organic takes a lot of time. Secondly, uh, the world, a lot of people have a myth that uh, the, the world should go for 100% organic. It is just not possible. We Today's population of the world is more than 750 uh, crore. And if you need 100% uh, organic, we, we need to have the land size, agricultural land parcel, thrice what we have. We don't have that. It's impossible. Organic becomes premium. It's, it's going to be a premium food uh, in the future or you, you can grow your own uh, way of uh, this thing. It's not going to give the productivity. Now, when this happened, they started importing food and their spices and condiments export stopped. It literally stopped. They started importing food. They started importing vegetables. Uh, your forex is already just not existing. Then you wanted to go for 100% organic farming. Over a period of one year, they literally stopped all the imports. They imported organic manure, organic soil from China. China eventually gave them human excretria that you know the story which came in and then they rejected it and then they paid some money to uh, send that ship back so they don't want to take with uh, toxins and everything and they were not ready to give up also so they messed up with their uh, domestic uh, agriculture they started importing and to top it all uh, in, in the end of last year just before the end of last year 
to beat this, they said because there is a political pressure, people are cutting across the spectrum, they are all angry. Then he put the entire blame on the traders who import. They said, no, 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 you guys are hoarding it. Because of hoarding, the price raise happens. Then a major general of uh, Pakistan, sorry, uh, Sri Lankan army was appointed and then uh, he was told to monitor it. Now you showed a different enemy. Now the traders who were trading in dollars, they are paying high. So they don't want to give that uh, thing. So they also start started importing less. And a couple of them were arrested, their goodowns were raided and they were, to be, to, they, they, they were actually demonized. When such and such thing happens, the last you can, the least or the last you can do is to go and print currencies. Now, these guys went and printed currencies. Now, that led to a massive rise in inflation. What today we see, uh, a kg of uh, chicken cost around 1,500 kgs. Uh, in, in, anything is less than like, nothing less than 300 rupees. And uh, the, tourist have, the tourism has still not developed. Uh, they have defaulted on their oil bills. They have defaulted on their uh, gas bills. So, literally, there is no gas available, cooking gas available. So, people have been told to uh, grow their own food and people have been told to use conventional, quote-unquote, conventional form of uh, cooking, which is basically cutting down uh, trees using that uh, bark to, you know, to just it's an old way of uh, cooking. Now, in this scenario, why we are getting refugees, especially from north and east, basically the Tamils from the Elam, is because... Within the country, the maximum resources get siphoned off in south and west, where the Sinhalese live, live the most. Now, the north and east has already been left high and dry, and there is a logistics cost which happens. So, now the cost between south and north is anywhere up between 30 to 40 percent. And from north and east, they uh, extract the marine wealth, they extract the forest wealth, uh, but they don't give anything in return, which is basically within the country, one part of the country is importing from the other part of the country. So that's a scenario. Which they, so they don't have the livelihood. So the least they can do, the last thing they can do is to pick up a boat, uh, reach the nearest place, which is Rameshwaram, and you know enter India and take a refugee status. Uh, till date, we have got uh, 15 uh, Sri Lankans. Uh, most of them are kids and children, women and children. So they have been rescued uh, from an island near Rameshwaram by the Indian Coast Guard. They've been handed over to the civil police. Now, I think quickly we need to look at uh, the refugee policy asset. As of now, they've been housed in a refugee camp in Mandabam, Rameshwaram. Now, will the $1 billion loan help in this? Uh, sir, it's a stopgap. It's a stopgap. This is a credit line which has been given. Now, they have to pay for it. And secondly, what I could understand, their finance minister went, came to Delhi, first time he went empty-handed. And uh, second time, he again came in. I'm, I'm, what I am get to understand is that uh, uh, PM Modi's government has been very, very strict or very, uh, they've tightened the screws this time that this is not going to be a free money. It's not an aid or a bailout. It's a credit line. So this will temporarily fix their uh, hunger problems. People have been uh, eating half. In the, if the way it goes, in the current scenario, if it goes, people would be left with uh, one meal a day, which happened in India in 1960s. So uh, to avoid that kind of a scenario, India is helping them. So this aid would somehow make it suffice uh, for the next 30 to 50 days or so, as far as the basic food is concerned. But India has put a condition that this has to reach the north and east, where the Tamil population also lives. It cannot be happen so that you know you take care of uh, the majority Sinhalese and leave the uh, minorities out. So it, the even distribution has to be done. That's what India has uh, clearly told them. But how it will be enforced? What uh, question is? Um, I don't think we have any questions today. Uh, I just want to sort of uh, perhaps wrap up this uh, talk. Uh, Major Madan is already feeling the heat from Chennai. Uh, it's no, hot, 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 hot. I'm in Coimbatore, sir. I'm in Coimbatore. <laughs> so, Coimbatore is this hot? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Chennai, Chennai seems to be better, but Coimbatore is also getting heated up. I think some uh, cyclone disturbance has sucked up the I see, I see. Yeah. Chennai, Coimbatore usually doesn't get hot. That's why. So, I'm, I'm going to be in your neck of the woods in a couple of weeks' time. So, I'm going to be looking the same way. So, <laughs> So, um, Major, uh, so this barracks gold appears to be a uh, 
Fool's Paradise, Fool's Gold or something like that to try and re-establish the establishment as the one who's going to make Pakistan prosperous. That's I, I understand that. Now play this thing out for the next couple of weeks. Pakistan is actually shut down for three, four days. Believe it or not, viewers, it is shut down. And the activity is going to pick up on the 27th and the 28th. There's going to be one Julus by one side. The other one, other side will come the next day. Now, in your opinion, and I'm not going to hold you to this, who do you think is going to be the next general of COAS, the, the chief of COAS? Because that's the one who's going to be running the country. See, it has got two things. One, uh, the fate of Imran Khan. A lot of people, uh, my good friends across the border, they did a you know kind of a friendly bet with me that Pakistan's uh, Imran would be the first prime minister who would uh, complete the term. Nobody has ever done it. Now, uh, <clears throat> the fact is, uh, there's one who has knocked Imran out. Is it the opposition, Nawaz's uh, daughter-led opposition, or is it the Pakistani army? If the people perception is Pakistani army, then Bajwa, General Bajwa would be getting one more extension. If the perception is uh, the opposition parties, which is second in command, whose next in rank is also supporting, he would possibly uh, be taking over it. And uh, General Bajwa may become the president of Pakistan. They're not going to, they're power angry people, they're not going to leave anything for a chance. And one will take exile. Now, whether it is Imran Khan or uh, is it General Bajwa, that's a question. For sure, one will take an exile. Uh, their favorite destination is uh, Emirates. So this this is how the entire thing. There's never been a democracy. They've never ever uh, grown up as a democracy. Uh, this is the plight of uh, the people there. And uh, just before concluding it, uh, one update from the western borders of Pakistan. Uh, in the Afghan-Pakistan border, where we spoke about the famous, uh, you know, the, the cup of tea which uh, the Raisa chief Faiz was holding. Hamid. Faiz, yeah. Faiz Hamid. Yeah. Yeah. All, all is good. All is going to be good. It is not good for them. Uh, Baluchis are getting a solid support uh, from Afghan. They are getting a solid support from uh, Thiriki Taliban, Pakistani. One of the most uh, important commander of Thiriki Taliban was shot dead, dead in uh, Kandahar, very, very close place to Kandahar. Now, Talibans, uh, the real uh, Talibans of uh, Afghanistan, they have pointed their guns, the heavy guns, artillery guns towards the Pakistani border. Now, something may come up. Their guns have been primed. They are ready to fire on Pakistan. They are uh, what they thought that you know the strategic uh, buffer zone for me. And I'm a very narrow country. I love a buffer zone. I have an extended border, so I'm going to control it remotely. Uh, that is not working fully. Uh, Taliban's, in fact, uh, if you see a press release from them, they said that uh, Indian wheat is far better. We are able to eat it. The Pakistani which wheat which you show, it's better. You don't send it. So that's the kind of a uh, thing they have. They are facing pressure uh, with Taliban, with the various factions which they are trying to control. They are also facing pressure with Iran. They've openly, uh, in fact, they have openly warned Iran about uh, Baluch. Now, Baluch is not just about Pakistan. Uh, the BRAS, Baluchi uh, Raj Ajoy Sangad, is basically the Baluchis who are in Pakistan, the Baluchis who are in Iran, Afghanistan. The four nations, it's about the larger conglomeration. So the Baluchis across the border, which is Iranians and the, and the Iranian border force, they are also becoming hostile to Pakistan. Now, this is very, very complex. And they have a very, uh, and the last thing they can have is a, a political turmoil of the mid of all this, political instability. The country has been blessed with this for the deeds which they have done. Uh, let's see how this progresses. Yes, indeed. And, and as, if you look at history, uh, Musharraf is sitting in U.S., I believe either in US or in Canada, I'm not 100% sure. He has some family here. Uh, I was the last general to escape alive, I suppose. <laughs> Being the prime minister or president, whatever you want to call him. I mean, Zia Haq didn't have that luck. Uh, he took down the, even the US ambassador with him. Very sad. 
um i think bajwa you know they they will be even listening to this you know he he's probably better off just leaving the country and let uh, faiz hamid take over and let him run the whole thing and and see what happens and but important thing is uh, i didn't ask you this far but i'm going to ask you now because we didn't have a conversation online was that missile really uh, did it really lose its way or it was it to show something uh we really have to go with the official statement sir uh, so there's like one thing two things which we can say with the pakistani side of it the missile has been fired from sirsa uh, from sirsa it has been uh, it's actually going to pokhran uh, which is mahajan field firing ranges uh, if you see all this, the the mahajan field firing ranges for sure i've been there personally during my uh, military times that's a place where the aircraft test their uh, rockets the heavy guns the tanks the t72s t90s bofors uh, the rocket launchers and so on so but just think from a thickly populated sirsa is hardly any distance from uh, delhi from there if you take a flight path any flight which takes off from uh, delhi which move towards the western nations dubai and beyond to your place and uh, it's a very very thickly populated area the margins are suffered definitely the range is in the desert but in route you have got a very very thickly populated area the natom which is given on any missile release is always on the eastern coast odisha and uh, andamans yes and shrikota so these are the places where we fire because we got a range it's quite amount of range which is available it's a ocean we give a nota nota and then we inform the respective countries about the flight path what height the missile is going to be fired so that none of the civilian aircraft are touched but in this case will a missile be fired at 99.99% it was not fired uh, it, it was not fired from a static base india would not be the that much of fool to do it from a static base definitely it's a vehicle mounted one we can interfere and this is not the usual missile testing part that's what my point is the pakistani radars have picked up good they have explained it uh, nicely uh, they were matured enough in handling the situation but it it's impossible to do such a even in a mock drill or even in a test case scenario it cannot be done what we get to hear today is a is a they have uh, been inquiring about uh, this missile handled by a group captain captain level officer of the indian air force but definitely in that case they are going to fix some accountability because this is a very very serious issue the missile was not uh, primed or it was not armed and the other another thing which i heard from uh, you know my friends who were in the missile uh, regiments who are already retired so they said it's not always one missile you don't fire a single missile in that even it gets actuated it's couple of missiles uh, which will get actuated so there is a auto there is a manual power cut off option if something goes wrong like this you tend to switch off the other four it should have been five it's not one missile which takes off and uh, goes and lands there uh, but this is like uh, in, i think uh, time will last to answer this maybe down 10 15 years and things get declassified we can have a talk on what is happening but it's not a regular usual thing which is like it's just a missile has got fired and suddenly it took a right turn went into 125 km inside pakistan yeah so so my two cents on this major is you have to wait for 2 3 months and see because now the passages will again start opening up between uh, pok and, and and india and by april may let's say if there is reduced traffic if there is reduced tension you know the message has gone now so actually we'll have to see <laughs> we'll have to wait till the uh, snow melts no, right no. right right so thank you very much major madan it was a wonderful conversation we we really saw a movie kind of stuff lot of questions for you uh, nothing important one wanted to know if you have watched the kashmir files and if you did two minute summary and then we'll call it a wrap uh, i chose not to watch that movie sir because a uh, lot of my uh, friends my colleagues who are in army my good friends are kashmiris they are kashmiri pandits so we used to see this movie literally hearing from them way back in 2004 uh, 2003 when we were in the military academy we have heard this much more what they uh, actually i have seen clippings of this movie people have shared it with me 
they have uh, shown those killings it's very emotional nobody comes happy after seeing the movie any human being any human being but what they have actually shown in the movie is just maybe i would say 20 25% of what has actually happened it was much more brutal. that is the truth yeah that is the truth it, yeah. it cannot the indian audience cannot handle it maybe the director uh, would have thought of it uh, they have portrayed few scenes like the rice bag and all the rice uh, barrel where right. the guys yeah. keeps in everything so this is this is all real it also all happened so my only uh, thing is like it's been told to us we have studied this uh, as part of our military lessons uh, we discussed it with the real life people my course mates uh, we have discussed a lot couple of my friends uh, who serve in army their parents they were the first hand evidence uh, witness to say all this narrate narrate this it was pretty bad one thing is like any demographic change by force or by wish or by uh, anyway by any means by money or by any means that is going to literally ruin a country we can keep talking about it we can see kosava we can see how the russian federation fell off hundreds of examples people have to coexist people have to coexist peacefully if there is a forced demographic change and that place is going to be a hell forever and that's what has been happening in kashmir uh, even till now and and see one of the things uh, major uh, that is of concern to me is the assistant secretary of state of united states was giving an update to the senate foreign relations committee in the united states we united us citizens we can't solve our problems but we will weigh in on somebody else's problems so here what he said was of the four things he said actually he's he's actually an indophile in my opinion he is a pretty okay. he's he's got his marbles right but one of the things he said was that we are very strongly encouraging the indian government to conduct elections in jammu and kashmir so the the question that i ask is look 500000 people have been displaced and instead of trying to reclaim their property rain or take out roshni act and all that stuff why not create panun kashmir and tell them this is the cordoned area and there nobody else comes in the point there is that we are saying look we have to do justice for every indian not just some and then the others say you wait we will 32 years have already elapsed so this part hasn't actually come into the narrative i don't know if the government thought about it because the kashmiri pandit said look give us some land call it our land nobody can come in there and you know kashmir has vast expanse of land it's not like it doesn't have it right so i don't know why that cho- choice hasn't entered into the uh, you know people's psyche and also a lot of people are unhappy that 2011 census has been used to demark even the new you know seat allocation and and they should, they say 1981 is more uh, accurate and for those yeah, of you who say 81 is a reference that's where this entire uh, genocide right. happened that's where the actual reference point is right i remove certain amount of people by force or by terror or by acts of terror and then i take a new reference of 2011 and that's not going to be the right way of looking at things so so they, i i all i am telling you know indian government is you have to do good by indians don't worry about what us will say us will have something to say there are 40 people sitting in the biden administration who just want to find problems they have nothing else to do and if i try to call them they won't even pick up the phone they know cir is calling i ignore whatever so the point i'm trying to say is you know you have to do good by the indians i don't know if this will ever get solved that way or not uh but let's wait and see thank you so much major madan i've been saying bye for a couple of times now but we've been talking about the different thing but uh, again we'll be back again in a few weeks time with updates on both these topics namaskar namaskar sir jain jain